Hi, Chris Lesso here. Hope you are awesome and on the path and having fun and being challenged and all that great stuff. So this is, I want to introduce uh, an event I did, which was unlike any event I had done before because I had no drum set. I only had a pad and I love this pad. It's a Prologix pad. Check out the whole line. They're fantastic. I love them. I use them all the time with myself and my students. But this was just me and the pad on drum technique. And drum technique is so overused. If you if you just Google it and YouTube it, there, there's so much out there on this. So my take is 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 a little bit of a different goal and a little bit of a different take on this. Not in the way of it being a competition. Drum technique seems to be kind of an end to its to itself. You know, technique. Why are why are we doing technique in the first place? I remember seeing Daphnis Brito fantastic drummer from Cuba talking about this and he said like well what if you know a lot of people don't think what if you had perfect technique what if you had the fastest feet in the world what if you had ultra fast speed what then what would you do then sometimes we don't think what am I trying to say with it what am I trying to do with this so technique really means how it's the how of what we do and in drum technique to me means the study of movement. So it, it, it's like becoming a dance and, and creating flow. Now, if we can create flowing, economic, ergonomic, really efficient movement, we can increase our expression and get into a flow state. Now, think about those two things. We can increase our self-expression. You know, you are the only you that exists and what you say is truly unique. When I started drumming, I was self-taught and I had a lot of blocks, which I talk about in this event, which you're about to, which you're about to watch. Squeezing the sticks and getting in my own way. It's almost like talking like this if I were to put, you know, block my throat or, or block my breathing. It, 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 you know, what I'm trying to say can't be expressed as fully. That's really the goal. And the flow state is, is called like the zone. Transient hypofrontality is a term that is, is used for this. And I know that sounds super scientific. Transient just means to slow down. Uh, sorry, transient means time. So time slows down. Hypo means to, to slow down. And frontality is the prefrontal cortex of our brain. So basically what hypo, transient hypofrontality means is like to, to, to get into that zone where we kind of experience time in a different way. I, I believe that this is why we drum in the first place, why we're attracted to drumming. And it's the true joy of doing anything. It could be basketball for you, it could be cooking, it could be having a great conversation a walk in the woods. This is when you'll experience flow states and the zone. And technique has really opened the doors to this. So having a good technique creates our sound. And I always, I always like to say how you move is how you groove because the sound is you. The big secret with gear is that like you don't need good gear. You can sound you can sound like you on some, you know, cardboard boxes or trash can lids. <laughs> you can express your unique groove. So this is a uh, event. It's 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 quite in depth. 
It's over an hour and a half. And I go into what I call the technique string. And rather kind of selfishly, I was, you know, a lot of innovation comes from something we're trying to work on in ourselves. And I noticed, you know, when I would do a show and, and try to, you know, watch the, the, the game tape or the gig tape and notice the challenges that I had, whether it's in a rudiment, you know, a show I did or, or just something I'm trying to accomplish on the set. I noticed that it could always be broken down into one of these six points. Now, did I make up these six points? Definitely not. I, you know, learned them along the way of my path and I'm still refining them. But I just noticed that challenges could always be broken down into one of these things. And as I said, I was self-taught. So a lot of my blocks, when I always say there's no wrong way to play, there's no rules. If the technique, the how is working for you, then it's perfect technique. But there are certain blocks in working with nature. So in other words, we want to work with nature, not against. So if I was swimming against you in a swimming competition, I may beat you because ergonomically I have no hair and I'm going to cut through the water better because I'm working with nature. I'm, I'm getting rid of resistance, <laughs> unless you're bald too. Uh, and working with nature, not against. So these six parts... I've broken down into simplicity. Now, simplicity doesn't mean easy. Refining these six different parts is a lifelong journey, and I work on them daily. I always talk about the three-minute rule. Even if you get three minutes of improvement in one day, that is a little victory. Uh, so this is, um, I go into each parts of the string and I get as much information as I can, you know, possibly put out in that hour and a half. Uh, it was almost like too much information to put into that time. So if you go to my website, chrislesso.com, and my YouTube channel, I've broken these down into video lessons. So that's all free. Just, just please check those out. And also, go, you know, uh, behind me, you know, we always say we stand on the shoulders of giants. To, to where I learned these from, you know, my teachers and their teachers' teachers. And it's really like martial arts. It, it, it has a long lineage that goes back. And we always stand on the shoulders of the giants that came before us. So I'm not taking credit for any of this. I'm not, you know, I didn't invent any of these things. I just noticed how they tied together. So a lot of people teach these separately, but I wanted to create an arc within these six points. So please enjoy the class that you're about to see this event that I did. It's over an hour and a half. It's pretty in-depth. Uh, minimize distractions. Please put your phone on airplane mode. Get in a nice quiet spot and take some notes. Rewatch it and contact me at chrislesso.com. My YouTube channel. Leave some comments. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Whatever you want to do to connect. And you know, I'm always putting out this content to help you on the path. So enjoy it. Have fun. Challenge yourself. And did I forget anything? No. Have fun on the path and uh, get in depth into this and, and, and have fun. Drumming and learning is challenging, but super fun. Isolation is the enemy of excellence. 
you don't want to lone wolf it on the path and do this all alone. And so many traditional programs out there, they just stick you behind a screen, you become overwhelmed and more confused, and no one ever knows your name. But I know you have a voice that wants to come out from behind the drums and into life and unleash unbeatable confidence in all you do. And that's what we do through LTR, Life Through Rhythm, drumming. So join a community. We are stronger when we drum together. We are all eternal students sharing and overcoming the challenges together. That's why you're here in this podcast, because you want to connect with the best in the world. Learn so you can craft your voice and say what you want to say behind the drums and in life. So join me at chrislesso.net slash LTR, chrislesso.net slash LTR, where you can book your first free drumming vision session, where we turn your goals and dreams into a step-by-step vision that you know exactly what to do when you sit down to practice every day, cut through the noise, the overwhelming confusion. Join me on the path. I can't wait to see you on the inside. Drum with passion. How's everybody feeling? Pretty good? The tribe of drummers. I love it. It's always such a good vibe at these things. This is great. Uh, this is the, the smallest drum set I've ever played. It's actually the first one I've done without an entire drum set. So this is pretty fun. I recognize a lot of faces. There's some new faces. How old are you? Awesome. I want to high five you before you leave. That's great. I started when I was six. Cool. So I want to share with you just the coolest stuff that's really helped me in my journey on drums. And we are so lucky to play this instrument. We were just talking as we were setting up that, uh, man, there's just so many countries without clean water and with all kinds of stuff going on. We get to drum. How cool is that, right? And you're all here to learn. So. You know, big round, give yourselves a round of applause. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, some people said, I'll see that crazy bald drummer on YouTube. I'll just stay at home and, you know, and you guys are out seeking to better yourself and to learn. So this, this is great. I'm, I come to so many of these myself and I'm going to be at the back 96 and I'm going to be putting on my hand and asking all kinds of questions. So this is great. If you have any questions, shout them out. Shy people don't learn. So this is on uh, technique. And what the heck does that mean? I remember quiet people win. What? Nothing, exactly. So what, is, what does technique, technique mean? Anybody put up their hand and, and define that? It's yeah. how you do it. You nailed it. Yes, exactly. Uh, me as a, as a chef, my technique for cutting tomatoes is very slow. I kind of do this and I take my time. Have you guys ever seen those pro chefs and the amazing, and they just go and Amazing technique, so it's how you do something. So I just wanna share as many things as I can today with you and improve your how. It's a means to an end though. I think some people get a little too carried away with technique in itself, and it's only a means to an end, you know, so. Did you guys know Stevie Wonder holds the sticks like this? Okay, is this a right or wrong technique? You know, I don't. I, I really don't like the word wrong and correct. I 
and those kinds of things. Does anybody know the two rules of drumming? There's only two rules. Does anybody know them? Have fun. Have fun is going to happen anyway. That's inevitable. But that's a good answer. Relax. Relax is really good, but no. Keep time. Keep time is really good, but no. There are no rules. That's the first rule. So what's the second rule? What do you think, though? Listen. No, that's a good answer, though. Break the first rule. Exactly. <laughs> Follow rule one. Yeah. You nailed it. What's your name? Nick. Nick, right on. Fantastic. You just want to say the insured Nick. Cool. Remember I was saying the quiet people, they don't want to Nick. Right on. Yeah. So, uh, exactly. There are no rules and refer to rule one. Okay. Uh, I just saw in that room a little guy drumming, and I think he's, he might even be taking a lesson. He was literally like this high, and he was four years old. And he just sat at the kit, and his parents were laughing because he couldn't even barely reach the pedal. It was, it was funny. And he sat and he played, and he just started doing this. What does uh, a lot of educators say he's supposed to do, which is the correct way? Start crossing, right? So already you're starting to do something that is unnatural, which is crossing over. Now, I play open-handed. We'll save that for another drum event. <laughs> but that can really improve your technique because you're, you're working your weaker side. And this to me, I'm right-handed, and I think my biggest challenge is, that my, is my weaker side. And my teacher, Dom, he said, in your life, try to challenge your weaker side in things that you do. So if you're on a computer, use your mouse on the left-hand side. If you're eating sushi, Use the, use the chop, chopsticks on your on your left hand, and you've got soy sauce dripping down your face, but who cares, you're, you're working your weaker side, right? So I think for technique, it's my weaker side. And playing open-handed, does everybody know what open-handed drumming is? So where you're, you're basically not crossing, okay? So your, your left hand is playing on the hi-hat, or the ride cymbal. Even if you do this, in the isolation of your own basement where no one can see how bad you sound because you wouldn't believe how terrible I first you know, sounded like that. I, I started playing drums like everybody else crossed and for 17 years I played like that. So I was really working my right hand but not really challenging my left hand a lot. And when I started playing open, oh my gosh, it was, it was tough for a while and I kept at it and the technique of my left hand started to improve. So that's a great way to improve your weaker side. And even in life, try to challenge your weaker hand. But that's open-handed. We'll, we'll save that for another event. But I, I'm thinking of the word technique, which is how you do something. And I just saw that little boy in there sit at the drum set for the first time. So we really have to think, throw away this notion of like correct and you might say, oh, Chris Lesso said to do this, and then I go on YouTube, and this guy says to do this. It's really just a means to an end. So if you play like Stevie Wonder, and you're holding the sticks like this, does everybody know that Stevie Wonder plays drums on all his songs? Isn't that cool? He's got just a magical groove. So if you play the drums even like this, under your armpits, <laughs> and somehow that's working for you, that is perfect technique. Okay, so I'm not gonna come up here saying this is the correct way, this is perfect technique, this is right, this is wrong. We're gonna forget that. My goal today, though, is just to give you some tips to get out of your own way and become more of who you are. And open-handed is a great starting point for that. And like I said, I 
I played like one hour on Friday nights when I practiced, and I used to lock the door and get a cup of tea or something and just put on my CD player on random because it was before iPods and stuff. And I just would play with my weaker side and work my weaker hand. So that's a great starting point. Uh, I started playing drums when I was about seven, and I started on just one year older than you. And I started making drum sets out of things in the house. Has anybody done this? Where your parents say, you're not getting a drum set. And this is pre-electronic drums, you know, pre-sound off pads. You, you guys seen those new Zildjian cymbals with the, the holes? Mm -hmm. Man, my mom would have loved those. So this is like before that. And I used to make uh, drum sets of things in the house. And years went by, I wore them down. And finally, when I was 12, I got an amazing set of Westbury drums. Do they still sell Westbury? Yeah. yeah. Are they here? Fire Engine Red. Amazing. It's like, blew me away. I still remember that day of getting, setting up my first set. I think I played the Guns N' Roses, and oh, it was just awesome. And I had some years of playing piano, because my parents put me on the piano for a few years. And then I just sat at the drums, and I skipped over all the technique stuff. Okay? I skipped over it all, and I just went to right to play music. So I put on my dad's <laughs> giant Koss headphones from because he worked on the radio, and I just jammed a Metallica Kiss, Guns N' Roses, driving my parents nuts, and I just started playing. So I didn't have lessons until I was like maybe 20, 20 or 21. So I did every like wrong thing, which I'm happy that I did that. <laughs> Because I remember playing some of my first shows, and I'd have you know blisters all over my fingers, and they would break in the middle of the show. Has anybody had that happen to them? It's freaking painful. <laughs> the sweaty stick rubbing on your hand, and you're like, "This is song two. I have an hour to go." <laughs> and uh, I used to squeeze the sticks, and I just you know I sat wrong, and this, you know everything. I basically did every wrong thing you could do, and I'm glad I had that experience because I know what it feels like to, to be on one side of the spectrum and now I really had to earn it because I had to break all those bad habits and now I feel my technique is, is working for me. Uh, and I So I went right to the drum set. My teacher Dom had nine years on the practice back. He studied with Joe Morello. Does everybody know Joe Morello? Yeah, Legend. Now that's the old school. How many students do you guys think I would have if I told you, okay, nine years on the yeah, bat. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, exactly, 2026. Yeah. Maybe you could touch the drums. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine nine years on the practice bat, right? But Dom had you know, incredible technique and he learned you know, so many valuable things from going to the pad. And, and the pad, I think of it like the laboratory, the, the, where you refine your craft. Uh, has anybody paid money to see a drum paddist perform? There are no paddists out there. I've never heard of one, right? If, <laughs> if I were to play a solo for you on this pad, it might be cool for a couple minutes and then eight minutes goes by and you know, 20 minutes goes by and you'd be like, this is the most boring concert. So remember that when we play the pad, we're thinking of the drum set. So everything I'm going to show you today is not to be good on rubber. You know, like we're not trying to, to sound good on rubber. <laughs> we're trying to make music on the drum set. That is the whole point. 
Uh, does everybody have a pad, or does some people have a pad? If you guys want one, there's four up here, and there's two over there. And uh, did anybody bring a drum pad? Yes. Awesome. You got one. Cool. Or your dad brought it for you? Can you give your dad a high five right now? Okay. Every kid drummer gets a manager until they're 16. That's how it works. You know, <laughs> carries your sticks for you, carries your books for you, that kind of thing. So my my biggest technique challenge, I think, for me is, is my weaker side. It's something I struggle with. It's something that I'm constantly trying to refine. Uh, whenever I talk on the phone with my dear 83 years young aunt, or somebody that tends to talk a lot, I will practice my, my left hand. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. You know, long phone conversation, I might play a pillow. I'm constantly working on my left hand. So could you guys tell me just some of the technical challenges that you have? And maybe, and we'll do a Q&A today, and I just want to uh, help you guys as much as I can, but uh, give me some of your uh, technical challenges that you're working on right now. By the way, you guys, you guys heard the thing, shy people win nothing, right? You guys heard that? Okay. Who wants to, yep. Foot speed. Speed, fantastic. Foot speed. Oh, foot speed, great. And everything today, by the way, is going to translate into the feet. So we're kind of going to do hand and foot technique simultaneously a little bit. So foot speed, great. And what would you do if you had really fast feet? Like do you play in, in like a heavier kind of band or do you play double bass? You just want to rock it with the double bass? All I heard was about Kelly, sorry. Doubles with single Awesome, cool. And coming up with some different ideas, yeah. like with your feet, oh, that's great. Yeah. I didn't even think about foot technique until way later. Uh, that's a big, that's a big challenge. If you're like hand guy, and your feet are not there. Now Don, my teacher, Don Fandilero, he told me, go take seven months of tap dancing, and come back to me, and mm -hmm. work the new technique. Seven months of tap dancing, it was really fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What a what a what an interesting way to work out your drum technique. So I'm sitting there in the tap dancing class with all these all these women and yeah, I didn't care. It was really fun. Uh, okay, anybody else? Nobody has any technical challenges for this one yet. Returning from a fill and keeping other things going. Oh, okay. Like I can start the fill, but then when I end it, it's a mess. <laughs> it sounds like potatoes falling down the staircase. Yeah, that's, that's how really that's what happens back in late. Now, do you think that's a technical challenge or a coordination challenge, or it just who knows? Yeah, it's just it's probably a, however I figure the timing, I just lose it when I try something. I hear you, and that might be you might have perfect technique, and and it, it could be another challenge too. So I hope you have a great teacher. There's some great teachers here. Uh, I have some Skype lessons on my website. Does everybody have a teacher, by the way? I still take lessons. I, I take uh, Skype lessons with Klaus Hessler from Germany, and I still take lessons with Don Familero since I was 17. Great. 39. That's Great. 22 years. Amazing. That's a while, man. But uh, yeah, so make sure you're taking lessons, and sometimes uh, it might not even be a technical thing. Uh, Jojo Mayer said this thing once. He said, a lot of guys try to play really, really fast, but they can't think that fast. So they have the hand speed, but they still might mess up something on the drum set because they're not 
they haven't thought it all through yet. So sometimes it can be just clearing up, you know, the conception of what you're doing or the coordination. This is a big part of trumpet, yeah. right? <laughs> One hand doing something and yeah, anybody else? Yes. What are you working on in your drumming? Amazing. How long how long have you been playing? Excellent. I've got a really cool sonar t-shirt for you. Here you go. Ready? Catch it. Awesome. That's great. And that's good that man, did you hear what he said? He said I'm working on my left foot at six years old. That's really cool. I didn't even think about that until much later. So that's great. Do you play, have you ever tried playing open-handed, like where you don't cross? I'll put this down and I'll yes. Cool. That's great. Can you guys imagine if you played open-handed starting when you were six? Wow, I started when I was like 24. Uh, my teacher Dom started playing open-handed when he was 49. Steve Smith started open-handed when he was 62. So it's never too late to learn. Steve Smith just recently switched to open-handed. <coughs> Thomas Lang just switched to open-handed. Um, Steve Gadd plays more and more open-handed. Steve Gadd's like 71 years young, that's I think, right. something like that, so that's great. Anybody want to throw in anything else? But what they're working on, technique challenges. Yeah. Yep. Keeping your sticks at the same level. You know what I mean? Like stick heights? Yeah, stick heights, single, double, triples, that kind of stuff. Excellent. That's yeah. That's a challenge. Control. Yeah. Uh, and it never ends, does it? <laughs> you get to the top of one mountain, and there's like a whole other, whole other uh, challenge there. You did one. Counting. Oh, counting. Yeah. It's easy to lose count when you when the beat starts to change. Yeah. Absolutely. And singing too. I like to. Uh, uh, sometimes I'll sing. You know, the downbeat like jid, 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 jid. Uh, just using the voice, that's like the the lost link, I think, in, in this culture. But it's counting and also um, knowing how many bars you have. Oh, yeah. Right? Like I know you do one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, but after a while, it's. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Who said drumming was easy? There's <laughs> so much to work on. Guitar player. Yeah, guitar, exactly. <laughs> guitar is kind of done. So um, I'm going to share with you today. Uh, something I call the technique string, and I'm all about. Oh, you okay? You alright? That's the booby trap. You just yeah. hit the booby trap. Two minutes for tripping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, two minutes. Yeah. So uh, awesome! You got a pass? Yes. We got one. <laughs> so the technique string is just six uh, techniques that I, I notice tie together that I can break down anything I do into one of these six things. Did I make these up? Absolutely not. I just observed things and just put them together in a very simplistic way. Simple does not mean easy. Uh, is anybody familiar with Bruce Lee and his work? That's a little bit, I, I love his approach. I bought all his books, picked them apart, studied them, tried to apply them to drums, his approach. Water. What do you exactly. say about being water? like water. Peter. Yes, exactly. Crashing but, down or flowing gently? Yeah, exactly. And it's about efficiency and simplicity. That's basically it. So I'm going to share with you as much as I can, probably way too much that can be done in uh, an hour and a half, but we'll, we'll get to as many things as possible. Uh, if you sign up on my email list, 
I'll give you a PDF of what we did today, and a, there's a free uh, video lesson series coming out on each of these parts. Okay, so it goes more in depth, and you can rewind it and watch it as many times as you want. You can tell them from the ear of VHS. Mm -hmm. I still say rewind, be kind, rewind. So let's start out with this. The first thing about technique is totally about uh, what, what I call your natural position. Okay, what is the root word of natural? Nature. Yes, nature, exactly. So it's to work with nature, not against. That's the whole point, to work with nature, not against. To work with nature, not against. Just keep brain tattoo that. So this was one of the most valuable things I learned. I got this from Steve Smith. Who did Steve Smith study with that totally changed the game for him? And besides Phil. Okay. Does anybody, does anybody know? Sorry, Phil. All right, Phil, shout out. Yeah. Freddie Gruber. Yeah, does anybody know Freddie Gruber? He's like a Yoda-type drum teacher figure. And he, sh uh, he showed Steve this concept and, and many other drummers, Neil Peart from Rush, yeah. Dave Weckl. And uh, I saw this in, I think, 1999, 2000. It totally changed the way I approached the drum set. So check this out, the natural position. Uh, okay, I'm sitting in front of just space. Okay, so you notice first thing is like where my feet are. Can everybody just, I don't know if you have room, but just feet, uh, your feet are in front of you. Yeah, you might have a chair in front of you. Just do the best you can. Now you notice I can see my toes. Okay? If I tuck my feet in like this, I cannot see my toes anymore. Okay? Uh, so I'm going to go out just so I can see my big toe. Now let's just do like a, a single stroke roll and play it as, as kind of big as you can. It won't, we're on carpet, so it's not going to sound that loud, but ready? So three, four. Okay, good. Now, I'm going to tuck my feet in a little bit so I can't see my toes. Now, do the same thing. Did you hear the volume just drop down a little bit? Does it feel a little bit more harder? Yeah, exactly. Now, go in a little bit more. You get the silence, exactly. Now, if I go out, too, same thing. You can't hear anything. So there's this sweet spot where your muscles are working really, really well. It's right about, right about there. And you'll feel it, you'll, you'll notice it, yeah. Chris, if I may interject, are you, yeah. are you mostly a heel player or are you heel toe or are you? I do mostly heel up. Okay. Slightly up. Right. So I'm using my ankle. Uh, I don't have any pedals here, but. I know, <laughs> yeah, I know, it's hard. But to I'm, uh, I'm using my ankle but my heels are just off the ground. If you could think like a tap dance. About a third of the way down the footboard? Like, a, like a cent, no, like a up off or, the ground. Oh, you play up like high, okay. a centimeter off the ground. And you tensioning, how do you have your beaters? I have my beaters pretty loose. Okay, yeah, same here. Yeah. Um, I like the response. What is tension good for? You know what the answer is? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> tension is like the enemy. Think of it that way. So. I, I played on some sets where the, the, the beater, uh, sorry, the spring on the foot pedal's really tight. Yeah, and I find like your, I guess the, 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 the pro of that is that the beater comes back at you really quickly so you don't have to work, but man, you gotta push it down and it, it feels like it's unnatural to me. Yeah. I like it kind of 
flapping in the wind, very, very loose to, to knit. Yeah, good question. So notice my seat height too. My knees are a little bit below my, my, uh, my hips here, okay? If you sit really low, like that used to be the trend, I think, I think uh, more in the old days. Everybody know the German Vinny Kaliuta? Oh yeah. He wanted to sit so low, he used to go to a metal shop and have his seat cut off, at the bottom of the seat cut off. So he's almost sitting on the floor. Oh. <laughs> so that means his knees are like here, if his hips are here. This angle puts a lot of stress in your lower back. I'm sure like you guys, my dad told me never to lift something like this. Lift something with your legs, right? So you don't want to really stress out your lower back. So that's the seat height. So what do we have so far? I got the feet. Now dangle your arms loose like wet ropes. Can you guys think of wet ropes? But keep your back straight. What's your name? Hey. What's that? Uh, <laughs> did you have a long day? You're like, oh, so when I said relax your arms, you just went, oh. <laughs> so make sure you keep your back straight. Okay, that's to get lots of oxygen. We want to breathe as much as we can. Okay, fantastic. But my arms are really loose like this. You guys see that? We hold a lot of tension in the shoulders and neck. So sometimes I see some students like, all right, let's drum. One, two, three, four. And you're really fired up, and all that tension is in your shoulders. Really loose. And I just bring my forearms up about parallel with the ground. Okay, so really simple like this. And this is called around the barrel. Can you guys do this? So you notice that I didn't, I didn't come in here. Okay, is it wrong? No, but this is just going to be our default natural position. So just like that. Can everybody, can I see that? And if you got a pad in front, so let's go palms down, Phil. Okay. If you can. So, yeah, but relax the elbows in a little bit. Yeah, good. Fantastic, just like this. Yeah, yeah, excellent, good. And a lot of people start going like this, like jittering, so you want to be really still. Relax like that. Now, can everybody see where my drum set would be set up right here? Like, can you imagine it? Can you see where my bass drum would go? For sure. My hi hat. Can you see where my snare drum would go? So there's the exact center. There's the height. Okay. Now, where's my floor tom going to be? I just tw rotate my hips. Can you guys see my floor tom? Can you visualize my floor tom? For sure. There's the dead center. There's the height. Okay. You guys seen the, the original Star Wars from 77? The best one, right? <laughs> so do you remember the scene where Luke was fighting against that little ball? And he had the he had the he had the thing covered his eyes. You guys remember that scene? He's like, yeah, right on. So, so it's almost like that. Everything on your drum set, you should be able to have a blindfold on and hit with confidence. There's my snare right there. There's my kick. Where's my ride cymbal gonna go? Right there. Where's my tongs? Right there. And just everything is right there. And notice what's natural is, nothing really breaks this. Can everybody do this for a sec? Yeah. And does everybody know Bernard Purdy? Yes. Okay, yeah, shuffle. amazing drummer, right? Yeah, the, the Purdy Shuffle. The king, absolutely, I agree with you. Now put your arms up like this. Okay. Now relax, I'm not gonna torture you with this, now relax. Now just imagine, Bernard Purdy at a drum clinic, and he made everybody do this for like like six minutes or something. And he told them some silly story about a sandwich he ate or something, right? And everybody's just like, ah. 
And he's like, are you feeling that? Are you feeling that? Everybody's shoulders are starting to burn. And he goes, all right, relax. He's like, oh. And he goes, why would you set your symbols up in that zone? <laughs> and everybody went, oh. <laughs> so if you look at Bernard's set, everything's like right, right there, pretty much. Just look at uh, Benny Greb, Steve Smith, just all these, all these fantastic drummers. As you get older, you want to get better. You don't want to get worse. Has anybody seen Steve Smith drum in, in the original Journey? Yeah. Have you seen him play in 1983 compared to now? It's unbelievable. He's sitting really low, knees up in the air. His ride cymbal was like here. <laughs> he's not playing like this. And now he's 63 years young, I believe. It was more than the 80s thing. I, it was totally. Because a lot of drummers were the same thing. Like, you can look through, I guess, guys like Bon or, or um, I saw a video of Queen yeah. in Wembley. He was six, I think he was, in the drummer. I forget his name. He was like, everything was like right up here. Same with like <laughs> Phil Collins, all these guys, like, they're doing the same thing. I think we've got, we've evolved. Yeah. We've started to evolve. You see drummers sitting higher nowadays as well. Uh, has anybody seen the movie Spinal Tap? Oh yeah, maybe okay, so exploding drummers. Explode, yeah, I might explode and there'll be a green, <laughs> a green gnubby on the drum stool. But that movie made fun of that concept because do you remember where his symbols were? Mm -hmm. They were like here. <laughs> and when I was about 11 years old and I saw Spinal Tap, I didn't know that that was a joke. So I set my symbols at that high. Remember I told you I did everything like the hard way? So I played my drum and <laughs> And uh, yeah, if I still did that today, I'd be having some serious issues. So yeah, so we have natural, natural position. It has to be the first thing you do. If you play golf or if you're a boxer or something, your default position is always going to be extremely important, okay? If, uh, a lot of times I'll be in a rehearsal studio or something like that and I'll sit at the drums and like the snare's really low, the kick is out here, the hi-hat's pulled in, the ride cymbal's here. So if I were to, I'm like, man, the last drummer, I, I feel bad for him or her. Because that means they're like, playing something like this. Right, so you want to keep that position where it's effortless, okay? And watch the first Star Wars again, just because it's cool. Okay, excellent. So natural position, we got that. We can't really go further until we until we get that. So you notice this pad here is exactly in my natural position because I came here earlier and I set this up. You see that? It's exactly uh, there. And I've seen some drummers set up like Dennis Chambers, Kenny Aronoff, some other guys uh, have a measuring tape when they set up, so they know where that perfect position is. Okay, six inches, <laughs> and yeah, people are really picky with their with their natural position. So it's, it's an excellent uh, thing. Yeah. Chris, if I may, may interject for a second, one thing that I noticed that um, that I really admire um, is the fact that you're a match grip player for the most part, but your angle of the of your snare per oh, se yeah. is is a traditional setup, which means you're getting more contact with the beads. Yeah, I just and, and what Phil means is. You see that my pad is angled away. So this is me, <laughs> and it's angled away. More of the traditional ways to do this, which is fine. You guys remember the thing about no rules, right? Um, if you think of, a, of, of someone playing hand drums, I'll just stand up so everybody can see. See how my hands just slope down ever so slightly? Can you imagine I'm boisterously playing a, a show? Yeah, right. <laughs> 
so I'm just, all I'm doing is following that angle. Right? And actually everything on my kit is like that. So it looks a little strange, but my symbols are angled away. My floor tom is angled away. Just go and just YouTube me and you'll, you can see the whole setup. But yeah, it's just to follow. Uh, see how big I am with the position. Uh, it's just to follow that angle. It's not right or wrong, but it, it feels really, really good to me. Yeah. But I'm just, it's all about that position to me. So let's see how it follows that line. Yeah, fantastic. So, okay, so first part of the technique string, there's six parts. I'm going to try to get through all six. I don't know if I will, but we'll, we'll give it a shot. I'm going to overload you with information. One cool thing, does everybody know Jim Chapin? That's where a lot of these techniques came from, the, 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 the great Jim Chapin. If you absorb 10% of anything he said, that was like a good ratio. It just would overload you with so much information. So. I'll try to do that to you today. So first thing is the uh, free stroke. Okay, the free stroke. This is all about the way that the stick rebounds. So you can see that I can actually dribble the stick, just like a basketball. And I just got married in April, so I'm getting used to this, this new percussion. With my wedding ring, but. <laughs> So I'm just I'm just dribbling it like a, like a basketball. I'm horrible at basketball, but I can dribble a stick. Now, can everybody? So we're in, I'm in my natural position. Now just point to the ceiling. So I just was in there, and I just pointed to the ceiling. Can you point to the ceiling? Yeah. Keep your thumb on the stick. Good. Perfect. Little thing about the index fingers. I want. Can you leave it? Kind of. Not straight, not curled in, just about halfway. The way your hand would go when you sleep. Like when you sleep, you don't do that, and you don't do that. You just do this, right? So I put the stick in my hand, and it's right there. This is the kiss of death for drummers. See my index finger, guys? Oh, what's that? The stick is like, uh, it's like a python is wrapping around the stick. No freedom. This is an interesting thing, by the way. Look how loose I'm holding the stick. I call this the twist test, so I can always twist the stick. It's very, yeah, it's very loose. Now, can you, since this pad is mic'd, this is the first time I've had a pad mic'd. It's kind of cool. It's the loudest pad I've ever played. But listen to the tone. And this pad is, is, a, is a pro logic pad. I just started playing, it's really cool. And the bottom is all like wood. So you can, you can almost hear the, the note of the wood and maybe a little bit of the note of the sticks. Check it out. It's almost like a hum. Now watch what happens when I, when I squeeze the sticks. So I'm gonna bring my index finger in, I'm gonna squeeze and I'm gonna make an angry face. Ready? See if you hear a difference. Open, it's like night and day. Amazing. That's amazing to me. That blows my mind. Because the sound, I thought, came from the tip of the stick hitting a drum head or a cymbal or something like that. But it's actually the way how, you know, the vibration of the stick here and how, how loose you are affects the whole sound of the kit. That blew my mind. So we're gonna be very loose, keep that index finger out and point to the ceiling. So we have like a, um, uh, a right angle here, like a square. Yeah, perfect, looking good. 
Looking good, yeah. Keep the index finger out a little bit, yeah. And some of this new information will seem really, it'll feel kind of wrong, and that's okay. Sometimes when you learn something new, you become worse as a drummer. So you'll come to this crazy ball drummer's drum clinic and you go home and you're like, man, I'm like worse than I was when I came. But this, this is what happens if you stick with it. You really get to your next level up here, but sometimes you gotta go through that new information that feels really strange at first. So, so some of this stuff might feel kind of weird. So I have a stick pointed to the ceiling. I'm gonna throw it down. What's, what's the stick gonna wanna do? Gonna want to rebound exactly, so I'm gonna let it. Oh, that symbol just was timed for yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And uh, so I'm gonna let it go down, and I'm just gonna catch it when it comes up. And I like to do this on the two and the four because that's where we want to be as drummers, right? So let's try this. Anybody that's got a pad, ready? Right? So one, two, three, four. One, two. Good. So you notice that I'm thinking down. Three, one, so good. So let the stick bounce. Good. Yeah, good. Good. Now watch how fast it comes up. Like it, it, see how fast that sprang back at me? So if I'm ready for it, Oh my god, okay. You could, uh, does anyone need a pad? You could go borrow a pair of sticks from the rack there. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, let's switch hands. Just imagine you're doing it then. Good. Excellent. And what happened? What's your name? Ingrid. Ingrid. What happened to Ingrid was like you almost lost the stick. That, that still happens to me sometimes, and that happened to me a lot when I started it. That's showing you the power that's in the stick that you're trying to harness. And so that's a good thing there. So what you don't want is like squeezing it being control. You almost want to, um, you know that trust game where you just like fall back and someone catches you? It's a little bit like that. You're throwing the stick and you're just trusting that it's going to come back. And don't hit a rim shot like that. We're going to hit right in, the, uh, right in the middle of the pad. Let's go together, guys. Yeah. Good. Chris, I find it interesting. Being an open-handed player, you started playing your left hand on two and four. I did. That's true. Yeah. That's because I'm. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know what I do is I still <laughs> air drum like this. Yeah. I just thought if you asked me to do that, I would have started with my, my old habits die hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great. And I don't play open-handed. Absolutely. I think how you. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah, exactly. That'll always be. Yeah. <laughs> it's in my DNA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good. Who's been through stick control here? Both books. Okay, actually, yeah. Like, if you go to like Nunavik uh, near the Arctic and you ask for a drum book, you're going to get stick control. It's just everywhere. George yeah. like the Yeah, exactly. Now, let's see if you guys were listening. Who was my teacher's teacher? So my teacher's John Famulero. Who was his teacher? Yeah. Joe yes, Joe Morello. Who was Joe Morello's teacher? No, it was George Lawrence Stone. The guy who wrote Stick Control. Now, this is what I found out after I went through Stick Control. You're supposed to go through Stick Control as free strokes, as rebound strokes. I had no freaking idea. So I was like 
I don't know, 14, 15, 16, and I just went through stick control as the patterns. And it turns out I was squeezing the sticks, getting blistered, but I was just thinking about the pattern. Right, left, right, 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 left, right, uh, right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left, right, 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 left, left, all those crazy patterns of the stick control. And I was not thinking about rebound strokes. So go through, there, I just gave you way more work. So go through it again. Same with accents and rebounds. When you read the fine line at least 20 times each line before going on to the next. It's challenging. If, you, if you're playing like that, forget it. Absolutely, absolutely. So imagine going through, so once you've got the free stroke down, so I'm throwing the stick, and again, see my, see my YouTube lesson for this. I'm gonna put out a free lesson on it. You can Skype lesson me, you can see some, uh, there's a lot of YouTube stuff about this, but get a teacher and really perfect the stroke. So this is a game changer. That's why, that's why I'm starting with it. And eventually, we'll go through it always. So these would be full strokes, half strokes, It goes down, comes up every time. And low strokes. Like Kobe Bryant, he's like dribbling really low. Right? So feeling the stick bounce. That's the, the power of rebound. Really, really important. Now let's, uh, how many, okay, so we've got a few pads there. Right on. Let's form a drum line here. You guys ready? We're going to do a cool exercise. So we, this is the free stroke. Now, imagine if I took a ball and I threw it and catch it. Throw the ball, catch the ball. Throw the ball, catch the ball. But if I keep doing that faster and faster, it starts to, starts to uh, like a continuous motion, it starts to dribble. So that would be like this. Keep it angry a little bit more palms down. Not that it's right or wrong, but we're just gonna use this hinge of the wrist. Very natural, yeah. You need a little more palms down though? Yeah, because then you're stretching, it feels good. Like there you go. Now flip in. Good. That's that weaker side, right? Now let's go eight per side.
We should form a band. I think we're good. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> right on. So that's a little ritual. I, I go through that almost daily. Right, just one. It's not a speed thing, but sometimes I'll try to get a bit of a dribble. Or I might do some, some free strokes. But daily, I need to remind my muscles about uh, to go with the stick. So I'm, I'm letting the stick do the work. The stick is coming back, I'm not pulling it up. Can you imagine taking a basketball, squeezing it, pushing it down, stopping it, and then pulling the ball back up? So you're fighting gravity, it's not gonna work. Work with nature, not against. Yeah, so that's a free stroke. Rebound, stick control. Does anybody have any, uh, and don't do the stick spins, by the way. It'll just get you fired from anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, does anybody have any questions so far? Cool, so free stroke, rebound, the stick wants to bounce, get out of the way, fantastic. So next uh, next part of the string is the molar stroke. This is really cool, we were, we were talking about this a little bit. Does anybody uh, know where this came from or is anybody familiar with the molar stroke? I know Phil is, right? I'll speak quiet. What's that? I think German. The name is, I think, German. And Don would kill me right now if he's know your history. You know, I, I think I think the name Moeller is German, but Sanford Moeller was a drummer in the 1800s, and and uh, when he went to his lesson, he used to take one of those big rope tension snare drums and put it on the back of with a horse and the wagon, and go to his drum teacher. So this is like before cars, before drum sets, and the best drummers of that day were Civil War, ex-Civil War drummers which were old men at the turn of the century. And he noticed that to get power and, and stay relaxed, they were whipping the stick. You see how relaxed I am right there? Okay. And if I do it without hitting the pad, well, there's a little bit of noise in here, but you'll hear like a So it creates power through momentum, not through force. Does anybody notice some of the, the strongest drummers out there are not Arnold Schwarzeneggers, but they're like skinny little guys like me, and they're getting a lot of power in the drums, right? So it comes from momentum. So let's try this, guys, or, or you can imagine it, or, or watch me steal my moves. I got my drum line up here, let's try this. So I'm gonna imagine, like there's an, an imaginary string on my elbow, and the tip of the stick weighs a thousand pounds. Two points. That's it. Okay. So I'm gonna go in slow motion. String, string pulls me up. Can you try this with me? String pulls my elbow up. Tip of the stick's heavy. Tip of the stick's heavy. Yeah. You gotta be like an actor. Actor. So it's like, oh, it's a thousand pounds, right? Now once I'm there, I'm gonna lead with the elbow and end the same way I started. And sometimes I freak students out and I say, okay, see this whip here? I'm gonna do this on my beautiful iPhone. And they're like, oh, don't do it. I'm like, no, 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 watch this. I would never do it. <laughs> but I can't execute the stroke. Boy, am I, I gotta be really careful. Mm -hmm. But I'm still doing the exact same stroke. This is like, uh, Tai Chi is, is a similar thing. Like just 
I don't know what I'm doing, by the way, but don't you, I can't imagine, <laughs> right? Be careful. But they, they okay, I can't, I, got, I can't forget that this is here. Yeah. So move it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, think of doing something very slowly to just get it down with no, because a lot of people start doing the whip and they just think like, oh, I'm gonna hammer this pattern <laughs> like, a, like a punching bag or something. Bruce Lee used to train his students he noticed that when he trained his students, they had a big, uh, like a punching bag, big leather punching bag with chains and, you know, nine feet tall leather thing. And he noticed his students were like tensing up because you see this big object and you're like, oh, I'm going to beat it up. So he would train his students with a piece of paper hung from a string from the ceiling, just like this big. So you'd have to, so they'd stay very relaxed and just think of the motion rather than hitting. We never want to hit the drums. Think of like, can you give me a high five? Yeah, right? Can you give me a high five? Yeah, that's what you do with the drums. It's never hitting. So that's what the whip is all about. It's the movement. Because how we move is how we groove. If you leave with one thing, that's a pretty cool thing to think about. How you move is how you groove. The groove is not here, it's here, okay? Notice I have no drum set in front of me. I'm grooving my butt off right now. I got the, I got the pigeon neck thing going right <laughs> I played this drum event in a school and these kindergartens were in front. And you know they ask amazing questions, like six-year-olds, and, and this one girl goes, why do you look like a pigeon when you drum? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I guess I do. I got that, right? But it's how your body is grooving or, or moving that's going to affect the, how your kid sounds. Think of your favorite drummers and watch how they move. Uh, Don told me a great thing once. He said, watch your favorite drummer, but mute the sound and just watch their body. Mm. It's a really cool exercise, especially Steve Gadd. Just watch him, but mute it. Yeah. And you'll, you'll see this. You'll see all of the things we're doing today. It's really neat. So let's take the string. You guys acting with me still? Okay. So what's the two things to do with the mower stroke? Anybody shout them out? So one thing was the imaginary strings. Yes, fantastic. What's that? Heavy tip. Mm-hmm. You got it. Wow. You just want a, a, a Sabian shirt. Incredible, right? All right. See why I don't play basketball? I don't know if way so good, so yeah, tip of the stick weighs a thousand pounds. There's an imaginary string. Now let's take the string and move it to the wrist. This is huge. This is one of the best takeaways from today, ready? So we'll take the string and just a mini little whip. Let's go together. Two, three, four. See, I can't help it. I don't know. What song are you guys thinking about right now? See, I'm thinking of a, of a bass line. Oh, Aerosmith. Perfect. We're probably all thinking of different songs. That's cool. You could do this with a song. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I don't know the words. Yeah. Right. We're drummers. We don't care about the words. <laughs> I had a student recently. I heard that the other day. That song. She was. It's a great song. And and she was warming up on the pad, and she was focusing really hard and and 
on these techniques, but no grooves. You forgot about the grooves. I had to remind them, like, think of a song. And all of a sudden, whole demeanor changed. Mm -hmm. So why can't we make the pad groove? That's, remember, no one's going to pay money to hear you play rubber, <laughs> right? It's all about the kid. So good. So you can work on all these techniques with, with music or bass, uh, bass lines. The bass player's your best friend. So fantastic. Uh, I could do both hands at the same time. Now with traditional grip, it's same thing. There's, there's a string coming here on the wrist, two and six heavy. Yep. Yeah, so it's an arc. It's a circle. Yeah. I'm gonna stay away from traditional because <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. A little different. Yeah. Has anybody ever ridden a horse here with the reins? It's a little bit like that. Has anybody ever tried to shake water off their hands? Flick water off their hands, a little bit like that. Have you taken laundry out and you flick the laundry? It's a little bit like that. So yeah, it's like a flick. Okay. Good. Now watch this. Right so the next part of the string, pullouts and control strokes. This sounds very technical, super easy. I'm gonna just get right into it. So watch this. So here's my whip. I'm whipping with the wrist. So on the way up, I'm gonna steal a tap. Watch this. Great for shuffles. Now, am I working for that soft stroke? Not at all. It's effortless. Because I was coming up anyway. See the string come up? Yeah. That's tricky, eh? So the first one is the string pulling up. Watch. So watch. Can you do that, Ingrid? Yes. Yes. Again. Yes. Isn't it a strange sensation to pull the sound out of the drum? Think of Keith Richards pulling the sound out of the guitar. Think of a cello player, a cellist, right? A cello player <laughs> pulling the sound out of the instrument. Or piano player pulling the sound out of the instrument. That's the key. The vision of this podcast is to spend time with some of the absolute best in the world so we can unleash our best selves through drumming and life. And as you know, LTR is life through rhythm, an attitude and a lifestyle where we become 1% better every day, unleashing confidence behind the kit and in everything we do. So if you'd like to join a community of drummers that will bring you to a higher version of yourself, get some free resources and just connect with the community and go deeper on this learning, join me at chrislesso.net slash LTR chrislesso.net slash LTR. I want to meet you. I want to hear about your goals and vision and how we can get there together. Let's become our best selves through drumming. Pulling the sound out of the instrument or piano player pulling the sound out of the instrument. That's the key. Yeah. And don't hit it, but it's just a, it's just like a, like a touch. It's a, a ghost note. Good. Now watch this. The loud one is after. Ready? Yeah. You almost do it the other way, right? Soft, loud. Fast, soft, loud. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And put a little break in between. Yeah, good. Ingrid. Ingrid representing the girl drummer community. I love it. 
Be careful, guys. The girls will put circles around you. Right? You know what I mean. Switch hands. Oh, and now it's the thread of left hand. No, watch. Just slow more. Yeah, good. Soft a lot. Get them backwards. We're good. Yeah, that's it. Watch. Watch me do it. Ready? Slow motion. Yeah, that's it. Look, because once I'm here, what am I going to do? Exactly. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like set up. What am I going to do? <laughs> right. Or baseball. Well, watch a pitcher, by the way, for a molar stroke. Oh yeah. Oh, or a golf swing or a tennis, uh, tennis serve. Incredible. Okay. Excellent. Now, control stroke is after the whip. So watch this. I'm going to go whip tap. Whips first. Ready? Do it again. Slow motion. Whip. Tap. Don't come up though. Good. Ready? Slow No, with me. Slow motion. Ready? Tap. Yeah. That's it. Don't do this though. Okay, just. You guys know the song Californication by the great Red Hot Chili Peppers? I just got tickets today. Oh, February 4th. Yeah. So imagine that song. He does a control stroke. He does the whip.
played a gig and he felt terrible. Remember I said you get worse? So imagine taking lessons and all of a sudden you're worse. So he's playing a gig and he's panicking because he's like, holy smokes, I, I feel like I can't play. Like I feel terrible, I feel off balance. And he phoned Freddie the next day and he's like, uh, Freddie, like I just did everything you taught me and I, I feel really, really bad here, I'm panicking. And Freddie is a bit of a character, so he said, I'm not your freaking mother. Just practice the exercises and don't bug me. And, just like, just, and there were some explicitives in there too, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So you can use your imagination. But, I'm not your freaking mother, don't bug me. Click. And what he meant was like, like stick with it, man. It doesn't happen instantly. So Jojo, I think, it, I think he said six months he had to sit there just doing these exercises over and over and it's freaking boring and you just do it anyway every, every day, a little bit. Yeah, and it feels really weird today. You're gonna get worse today, Ingrid. You're gonna go home and be like, ah, I never should have listened to that bald man. <laughs> Six months from now, it's Ingrid 2.0. Maybe I can see, right? Yeah, okay? Just do this one from today's game. Absolutely, you're right, yeah. absolutely. Now let me, uh, it's not about speed, but I'm gonna speed it up, okay? Just to show you where it goes, so just, just watch. So here's the whip. Now if I add the one after it, for it. Uh, okay, put them together. Now, how many times am I am I working? Once. Once for one time. Three notes. Three notes, yeah. Uh, that's it. And we put them together. That's where the fun starts. Do I have the best hands in the world? Absolutely not. But Understanding these principles is like, ah, at least the doors are open and you're in. I'm sure it helps your last two hour gig too. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, the fatigue. Because I'm not, I barely really sweat that much. Yeah. I don't break sticks. Yeah. I just wear out sticks. Yeah. So, good. So, that's called pumping motion. Anybody have any questions about that so far? Anybody ever surfed in here? Do we have any surfers? I'm like a mind surfer. I, I wish I've seen videos. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. I'm a mind surfer. But surfing the wave is kind of like what we're doing. You've got the whip, and then you're learning to, to harness that energy and go with it. I'm barely doing anything right now. Okay? Yeah. So that's, that's uh, we're surfing. We're surfers. Cool. Um, the second last one, so this is the fifth one now, is the long roll, which is also the double stroke roll, okay? So on paper, this looks really simple. Right, right, left, left, right, right, left, left, right, right, left, left. But I'll show you this from the side. So from the side, you notice that my, so there's no width here, so I'm taking away the molar width. My wrist is just going down just like that. Now the stick is going to want to rebound. Right? And you notice that I have to get up to start the process again. And I just need two bounces. One, two. So I'm going to play the second bounce and get back to my starting position as that stroke happens. So watch this. Kelly McDowell, call 239. Kelly McDowell, call 239. This took me a while. 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so if I play a long roll uh, from the side view, instead of doing this, so I'm going downtown. Is it wrong? Heck no, that's not wrong, but it's more important. So I'm, I'm not riding that wave, I'm fighting nature a little bit more. And also, this is where you'll hear I love being mic'd, it's so cool. I didn't put a mic in my face. <laughs> but if I go like this, if I squeeze the sticks, now I can open it up. It's so easy to, yeah. Down, up, down, up. Think of a, of a shuffle or something. So that's the long roll, down, uh, down, up, basically. Yeah. Hmm. That was a quick I cued that to happen right yeah. there. When I <laughs> yeah, they want it to be a funky yeah. pad clinic, I guess, right? Yeah, cool. So that's the long roll. I'm going to give you guys a little exercise I, I call four, six, eight, okay? Um, is anybody familiar with the great drummer Mark Juliana? It's just on the, yeah, awesome drummer, eh? He practices this for eight minutes straight. Just the long roll. So do you have the discipline to sit there going for like eight minutes? It's always the boring stuff that gives you the most resolve, okay? Uh, I forgot to give you an exercise. I'll give this to you in a PDF, by the way. I know this is like information all over, but... Uh, with the pumping motion, I'll just back up for a second and go back to pumping motion. The exercise that uh, I was given for this was called 555. Five, five. So I just want to show you how boring some of the exercises are. If you think of like a boxer just sitting there, 200 reps for right, you know, 200 reps for left, that kind of thing. Repetition, repetition, repetition. So it's called 555. Five, five. You go five, it doesn't have to be fast. Five minutes with the left. Slow as you want. Ingrid's like, no, I thought we were done this. Yeah, five minutes straight. Once you got it down, you know, not tonight. In front of a mirror, by the way. Does everybody have mirrors here? Excellent. I get to do my hair and practice at the same time. <laughs> I got, I got 50 more ball jokes coming. Penitentiary look. <laughs> okay, five minutes. Could be slow or fast. Switch hands. Five minutes. Five minutes together. Nice. Now you repeat it. Five minutes left. Start with the weaker side. We'll always start with the other left. Your other left, right. Good. Five minutes together. So what's the total time? 15 minutes. 30 minutes of boredom. Now I started doing it 5 5 5 15 minutes. And then later, I did it. Dom's like, you're supposed to repeat it. Read the fine print. Oh, man, I didn't read the fine print. It's 30 minutes straight. 
of that. That's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So remember, it's the most boring, repetitious stuff that really gets you to your, your next level. So the long roll, okay, so it's called four, six, eight. So we're gonna go in subdivisions of four, and then six, and then eight. You ready? So let's think like, uh, everybody tap their foot to this just to get a groove. Thing though, you hit up like go slow. 
really hard to get the perfect long roll and to get it to uh, number from the side and to get that to time that up by from the side instead of going. You hear the sound change, by the way? Listen to this guy. This is without that pull. documentary on Tom Petty on Netflix. It's like four freaking hours. So you can just watch it in pieces when you have your dinner or something. And the drummer, Steve Ferroni, that's an Italian name, right? Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's, it's all just like But it's like done in the most incredible way. So the long roll is, is got that vibe, just right, right, left, left. But it's just, just getting it. I don't have it perfect yet. That's the one thing I learned at Dom Famuleros Clinic. With the forefinger down just a bit, watch what happens in my hand. You demonstrated. There it's tight, right? As soon as I drop that forefinger, look what happens. It's magic. It, it opens up. Yes, and even, I need to sit a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a huge difference. Yeah, we did that at the beginning. Yeah, because if I curl them in, and then open them up. Look at that. Beautiful. It's kind of like, ah, uh, yeah, the chains are off. And it's like, I can feel that tension yep. all on my arm and I'm making an angry face. <laughs> we all have drummer faces, but we want, like, the good ones. Yeah, exactly. Smiling. <laughs> good. Um, the last one of the technique strength is, is pumping motion with double taps. Pumping motion with double taps. This one is the most challenging one. And you might want to just go through the first five for like six months to a year and then come back with this one. But let me just demonstrate it. So I'm going to go whip, double tap, double tap, pull out. Whip, double tap, pull out. That's right. And this is a tongue twister. Whip, double tap, double tap, pull out. So I get two bounces. Yeah, angry. Good. Yes. Da -da. So it would sound like this. Da, da good, da good. Da, da good, da good, da, da good, da, da good, da good, da good, da. Just listen to it. Hold on a second. Cool. Okay, so it's still pumping motion, but I just added concept of the double tap to it. Kind of make sense? Okay, good. Yeah, kind of makes sense. So if I take, check this out, if I take a five stroke roll, now here's where it all ties together. So six parts of the technique string. 
I always have my students come in and I say, what's the six parts? And they're like, I don't remember any of them. And <laughs> so it takes a while to memorize these and to get them a part of your DNA. You know what I mean? But there's only six parts. Um, but any rudiment or motion on the kit is one of these six. There only is six. Uh, did I make these up? No, I just observed it and I just tied them all together. I noticed it has to be one of these things. And this came from me just working on my own weaknesses. You know, I got a zoom camera on me when I play a gig, and then I go home and I and I usually go, <laughs> oh no, I played too many fills or whatever, you know. And I go over my the tape and I'll see the challenge. It's always one of these six things. Mm -hmm. Always one of these. It has to be. So I'll demonstrate that and then you guys throw me any rudiment or any yeah I guess we'll since we're on pads it has to be rudiment and I'll show you how it's one of these six things okay so I'm going to take a five stroke roll which is one two three four five one two three four five one two three four five ready roll five stroke roll now you notice Ingrid that I'm flipping it you've got it but I'm going hand to hand Different. Is it right or wrong? No, there's no rules. But you can work on it later going hand to hand. Okay. Now, can you guys, we'll jam on this in a second, but I just want to show you something, okay? On the mic. I'm going to speed it up just slightly. Watch this. Okay. It's not a speed race, but I'm just. Check this out. I'm gonna take away one hand. I'm just gonna play it in the air. So I'm gonna, this is called the mechanics. So I'm gonna see what's going on underneath the hood, okay? Do I got my groove going on? Do I got my pigeon neck? Do I give me the pigeon neck? Shoulder swipe. Ringo bobblehead. You gotta have a move though, right? Singing my bass I'm going to take away one hand. That's part six. Whip, double tap, double tap, four. Yeah, beautiful. Okay. So to have a, a, a flowing five-stroke roll, let's pretend I did this. Down, 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 pull stick up. Down, 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 pull stick up. So some people, like, like me, when I was learning my rudiments, couldn't figure out why is my five stroke roll not getting better. Because I put it all together, one, two, three, five, one, two, three, five, okay, if I just practice, it will come. If I just practice every day. And I didn't know what the mechanics were. So when I dissected it, and I went, oh, more whip. Bounce the stick with rebound. Double tap as I come up, which is part six of the string. Now I'll put it back together, see if you can see it. Speed race. But remember how you move is how you groove. groove that. Yeah, right on. It's gonna win prizes with that. <laughs> That's all you. Yes. 
But uh, uh, yeah, it's not a speed race, but it's it's how I'm moving. It's like okay, good, I'm in. I'm not the fastest five-stroke roll guy. But I'm like, oh, I've got opportunity and possibility now because I understand the movement. Okay. Uh, let's take okay. Let's let's take one rudiment out of each family of rudiments because how many rudiments are there? You guys know? Single, double, flat. How many rudiments total? Oh, 26 standard. A million. Rudiment nerd, just like me. 26 original, yes. 40 total. 40 official rudiments. So are we going to go through all 40 rudiments today? Of course not. But there's only four families. So one family is the rolls. So five-stroke roll, we, we got it covered. Um, okay, let's, let's take the single-stroke roll. It's not the fastest single-stroke roll in the world. But can anybody tell me which part of the string this is? Right. Okay, I'll take one hand away. Which part of the string? Anybody answer? Wrist. Uh, wrist is, can you be more specific? Wrist is happening, yes. No? That was the, exactly, that's the first part of the string. Remember the rebound? Right, so I'm doing this. To get a nice sounding single stroke roll with ease, I need to be letting the sticks bounce, so that's part one of the string. Remember the free stroke? We did that about four hours ago. Yeah. How long have we been going? Like three. <laughs> that was right. Remember the dribble? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. If I take the mechanics of a single stroke roll, one hand away. So another family of rudiments is the paradiddle. Okay, so I'll take the single paradiddle. Everybody know that one? Thank you. 
you're going to set a world record for speed, who cares? How you move is how you groove. Absolutely. And at least my pair will sound good. Yeah, I know that. They're not set to speed record, but... So the pull out there is the most important part of the pedal. So uh, anybody throw a rudiment at me? Six crazy one? Six stroke roll? Yeah. Okay, you go. Pat up up. I knew someone would pick the pat up up up. How does that one go again? Uh, I forget myself. What's that? I forget myself. I just remember okay. the name. <laughs> Give me a high five for that. You win a prize for that one. Yeah. <laughs> pat up up up. Vic for a flag and sonar shirt, man. For the pat up for knowing what a pat up up is. Fantastic. Who named these rudiments, guys? Who would, who would go? I got this cool rhythm. Yeah, Patafafla, that's what we'll call it. The NARD, National Association Rudiment. That's right. You're going to write them a letter. Yes. So, the, so you, you might not know a Patafafla. It's uh, flam left, right, flam, flam left, right. Okay. I'm going to take away one hand. Let's find out the mechanics. It might be different, by the way, for each hand. Let me just play it. Man, you got me. I gotta practice it for a second. Okay, I'll, I'll take away the right. Uh, you can play it on your leg if the air is too airy. Okay, it's a it's a molar whip with two control strokes. Right? Uh, could look at that as a pull-out. Some people are intimidated by a panafafa. They look at the Bruderman poster and they're like, ah, oh, that's the hardest one. This de, -intimid uh, de intimidates. <laughs> What's the word for that? That's true. I made up a new word. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like mine better. De intimidates any rudiment. Like, they're not going to scare you anymore. Because you're like, oh, I, I know, I at least know, I at least have the key to get in. Right? So, oh, I know more whip. And I know two control strokes. Okay, let's see. So. Okay, so let's see the other side. It's the opposite. That's super cool. I just learned something. So whip, pull out, pull out. Can we try that? Or imagine it? Try it. So as I'm coming up for the whip, the string is pulling up. Isn't that neat? I just learned something new. So that's the right hand, and the left hand is the opposite. Whip, tap, uh, whip, tap, tap, whip, tap, tap. The other one is tap, tap, whip, tap, tap, whip. Let me put them together now, see if you can see that. And maybe like stare at one hand and then stare at the other hand and see if you can kind of see it, okay? Do I have that right? Yeah. Face got angry. Do you see it? Mm -hmm. 
camera. <laughs> Zoom in. You Actually, can put that I, on Instagram. I get everything below the pigeon. Name. I'm more interested. <laughs> right. in the oh, that's yeah, exactly. that. You know, you don't want my big head. <laughs> uh, but uh, so my groove is gone and my motion is gone, and I'm, I'm angry. So, but if I go focus on the motion, the rhythmic, the, the parts of the string, uh, I'm smiling. It's kind of grooving, I think. You notice I'm tapping my foot to the beat, moving my head a little bit, right? Now I have the door, the doors of possibility are open for speed, should I choose to speed that up. Now, you mentioned pa fa fa I haven't been practicing them. Let's see how fast I can go just to, just to see it. So at least I'm kind of in. That's about as good as I can get But at least I'm in, you guys see that? Instead of like, I might pull outs down, I have the parts of my string down. Yeah. Any other rudiments you guys want to dissect? Throw at me? The reason I chose the six stroke because like that pad of oh, six stroke, sorry. It, yeah. It's a well-balanced rudiment. So here, here you're going with a six, you're going demonstrating yeah. motor. And then yeah. with a pad of flaw flaw, it's the same accent pattern. Yeah. Beautiful. There you go. So six stroke is like that. Yeah, let's figure it out. So I'll take away one hand. That's there the last go. part of the string. So there it's pumping go. motion in two, but I double tap. Huh. I double tap the four. You're like, I can do that. It de, what was the word? <laughs> de intimidates. <laughs> yes, I, I can, I know this. And your brain also goes, oh, like, I remember that. I, if you isolate all parts of the string, Later down the road, it's like remembering a face. I know you. Where do I? Hey man. Hey man. Exactly. I don't know your name, but so your brain will start to go. I know that. Uh, let's see what the left hands are. Uh, same thing. So I'm in. Not perfect. No. But I'm. by the way, guys. I, I meant to cover this at the very beginning, but uh, you can make an exercise out of it. Like one, like four count in. Uh, four count out. I feel so lightheaded in this. <laughs> A lot of times we, we go, okay, six stroke roll. <laughs> <laughs> and shallow breath. Or like the big, you know, you groove in, right? Boom, smack, boom, smack. Here comes my big moment, Phil Collins moment. Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. And he's like, whew. <laughs> <sighs> and your body wants to like get that fill out of the way so we can breathe. <sighs> right? So, so pay attention to your breathing. Yeah. So, cool. So that's all six parts of the string. I've tried this literally with every rudiment and every, um, if we could watch a video of, of, of uh, Steve Gadd or my, or nothing comparing myself to Steve or my, myself when I go over my gig tapes or anything like that, I always see a challenge and I know it's one part of the string. Like, oh, my, I lost my rebound there. I'm, I'm gripping too tight. Oh, I'm out of my natural position. Uh, 
I need to work on my molar whip with my left hand a little bit more. There's always something to work on. Yeah, fantastic. You guys have any questions about that? Excellent. That means it's all making sense. That's right. So, so six parts of the string. So the first one is free stroke. Okay. The concept of rebound. You cannot fight the stick. Um, when I was a kid, I thought it wasn't cool to wear a winter jacket in the cold because we live in Canada. So I'd be like, Mom, I'm opening my coat. And I was like 15. Do you think I won or do you think nature beat me down? Oh, it seemed nature. Yeah, I got sick and it didn't work out. <laughs> now I wear big hats because I got no hair. That's good. So you, you can't fight nature. You have to work with nature, not again. So the stick wants to bounce up. I have to learn to. I have to learn to be in harmony with that, and that has to do with fulcrum, rebound, all that stuff. Position. Uh, next part of the string was the molar whip. The concept of the whip. I'm getting a lot of power. Yeah. Look at the smile and grin. That beautiful smile. She's not angry. Have you guys ever seen some drum heads and they look like the moon? Just with all these craters? That's people squeezing a stick, pressing into the drum. You don't want to do that. You'll kill your hands. So molar stroke. Second part of the string, pull-outs and control stroke. Sounds like a very technical term. It's just stealing the taps. Remember that? Either before the tap or after the tap. Okay, fourth part of the string, pumping motion. Put those together. Part of the string, the long roll. The concept of the, the, the double, catching the double, we'll call it. Yeah, I'm gonna write that down. Catching the double. Along with de intimidate. Yeah. Or take notes. <laughs> and uh, what's the last one? And the last one is pumping motion, adding the double taps. So I go whip, double tap. It's almost like a tongue twister. Whip, double tap, double tap, pull up. Whip, double tap. But take away the tongue twisting words, just play it. And remember the rudiment that that was in was the five stroke roll. It's verbatim, but it also falls into many others. Yeah? So that's all six, part of the, six parts of the string. So if you sign up for my email list, there's a video lesson on each one separately, so you can just watch that over and over, rewind the tape. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Right, Phil? VHS? Like, yeah. Uh, and uh, you can watch it as many times as you want. Uh, I have lots of content always, so on my site, go to chrislesso.com, sign up for the email list. Thank you, by the way, to Vickford, Sonar, Evans, and uh, who did I forget? So, Sonar, Vickford, Sabian. Yeah. That's the dream team. Yeah. I gotta not forget anybody. And I've used all four of those. I, I endorsed them way before they ever knew who the heck I was. I was like nine years old when I started using Sabian. Uh, Vic Firth, does anybody know anything about who Vic was as a person? Okay, dead, awkward silence. So that means no. So, so if you go on the Googles and you just type in Vic Firth, learn about who he was. It's not just a drumstick. 
he was an amazing man and person of character. He played 50 years with the Boston Symphony. That's one of the best symphonies in the world. Who has a gig for 50 years, though? Ooh. Maybe Charlie Watts? Yeah. Who else? I can't think of anybody. I've been only playing drums for 30, uh, 32 years. Okay? Having a gig for 50 years of one of the best bands on the planet? Man, who does that? And then he invented, uh, he started making these drumsticks in, in his garage because the sticks of the qual of the day were like bananas that were warped. You guys remember rolling sticks oh, yeah. on the glass surface of the music uh, store? You guys, that's old school, like me. To see if they were warped. And that was the kind of standard of the time. Vic upped the game. Vic first, now are the, are the best sticks on the planet. So who does that in one lifetime? You have a musical gig, you keep it for 50 years, then you start a business, and that becomes the top business on the planet, and you're doing both. Yeah. That's just like unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, and Vic is just such a cool, well, he's passed away now, but, um, and what's your name in the red shirt? The Patafafa? Yeah. I can call you Patafafa. <laughs> what's that? Colin. Colin, right on. So I've seen, how old are you, Colin? 14. Awesome. So when Vic was alive, I would see guys like Colin going up to Vic that, that are like 11, 14, around that age, and Vic would make them feel as, 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 uh, as great as, you know, Steve Gadd. He would always take the time to talk to every single drummer. Uh, he went to like every single pacing. How many pacings were there, like 30, 30 something? He would just stand in line, and all these people want to talk to him, talk to every person. Just an amazing, you know, who we are as people is who we are as drummers. So we have to work on our character as much as our pot of fluff eyes. <laughs> so Vic was epitomized that. Okay, so, so yeah, so do research into all this, it's great. And shy people don't learn. So if you, if you ever go to one of these events, uh, always ask a question. Never think it's a stupid question. Uh, I've done that many times, and I always leave being glad that I did it. Does everybody know Greg Bissonette? Yes. He had this drum clinic once where he said, all right, guys, how's it going? He kind of talks like that in California. A little raspy. Hey, guys, how's it going? All right. He's like, we don't have much time here, so I just want people to come up to my drum set, play for one minute, and we'll talk about what happened. Now, how intimidating is that? <laughs> yes. this is, right? And there was, a, there was like 90 people at this drum clinic. And I'm like, gosh, if I don't put up my hand, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. But I, but I really don't want to do this. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'll regret it because this is like battle. And I'm like, maybe he won't see me. <clears throat> right? And then he picked, he's like, all right, you there. And he picked somebody else. And it's, it's crazy. It's played anything for one minute. And he goes, okay, go, go, man. And he, he timed you. And then the person's playing, and he'd write things on the board, like, okay, dynamics, space, uh, groove, things like that. Just anything he needs, he's like, all right, that was a great idea, but maybe if you lowered the dynamics a little bit, think of song form, that type of thing. And then he goes, okay, who's next? And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> and he goes, you there, the bald guy, come on down. I'm like, oh, man. And I was just terrified. I was like, I think 21 or something. Greg Gusnett's one of my like hero, favorite drummers. And I just, I played probably not very well. And I just sat down, I was like, man, I'm so glad I did that. And I learned a lot, I grew, I grew a lot. 
So remember, these things, or if in, in your future, just, uh, I'm kind of shy too, so I, I know the feeling, but put up your hand, ask that question. And if you can teach something, you learn it twice, or you learn it a lot better. So if you can teach something you learned today to somebody else, that is huge. And that's great. You'll learn it all the more stronger. Awesome, guys. Give yourself a round of applause for you. Cool. Fantastic. So my name is Chris Lessel. Go to chrislessel.com. Sign up sheets there. Uh, if you sign up, I'll give you a PDF of what we did today. And there's free uh, six lessons that go with each part of the strength. Okay. Cool. So I'm here if you guys ever have any questions, and email me. And uh, find me on the media, on the Facebooks and all that stuff. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks, Thank you. Well, the drum chair is the best seat in town. You're the captain of the ship. You can actually dictate the tempo of the evening. You can do all kinds of stuff. I look out in the audience. If the, if the audience isn't grooving, I know something's wrong. I will shift the tempo. You know, I.